Sports talk conversations with a good laugh mixed in. This is the Sports Talk with Bedford and Ashby podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Hey, welcome back to Sports Talk with Thetford and Ashby. Here we go. We got a Zoom. There he is. Look, he's on the big screen back there behind us, Gary. Dusty Wobble. Dusty, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I don't know. I do know where you are. I haven't told the people where they are because I didn't want them coming by your house and, and uh, <laughs> hanging out and watching the game and all. But that's a good-looking tree behind you there. So uh, you're in a good part yeah, of the world. It. It's got a tech flag behind, a couple of tech flags left and right of it. So uh, looks like we get a lot of guns up of people coming by. Looks like uh, there's water out there. I, well, I know where you are too. So yeah, is, is it good weather down there? Is it, is it, we're having the monsoon season up here. Yeah, it's been wet down here. We've had about uh, eight inches of rain here this month. So actually, a little more rain here than they've had in Lubbock. What do they need rain? Seems like yeah, everybody you know, in Texas, Texas, needs Texas rain. will yeah. take rain. Well, so. without a doubt. All right, real quickly, your T-shirt has Lockavar on it. What is? Tell everybody what Lockavar is. Lockavar. Uh, lock in. Lock in var. Uh, that's a uh, golf club uh, down in Houston. Uh, so uh, okay, a, uh, it's, a, it's a it's a course that Jack Nicklaus uh, built uh, back in uh, 1980, and uh, it's a club I'm fortunate enough to be a part of down there. It's great. Okay, and you're you uh, are a good golfer. When we've never I'm a asked, golfer. I, I would say I'm a golfer. Let's just leave it there. <laughs> well, everything's relative, and you, my friend, are a good golfer. Uh, what other? We've never asked you this before, but uh, you're very involved in tech athletics. What is your athletic background? You know, I played uh, baseball in high school, uh, and that's that's about the extent of my uh, athletic uh, achievements. So, uh, played at Amarillo Tascosa. Uh, and then actually picked up the game of golf when I was in uh, junior high, I played with my dad and, and, uh, so love the game, uh, have made uh, great friends and, uh, through the game of golf, uh, it's great for business and, and, uh, it's just, as I know you guys play and, uh, it's just great. You know, it's a social sport. Nobody ever says, Hey, let's get, you know, seven or eight guys and, and go to the East coast and play basketball for five days, um, <laughs> So, uh, it, you know, it's a sport that uh, we've been fortunate enough yeah. to um, uh, build a lot of friendships around and um, just love the game. All right. By the gray hair on your on your face there, I can't see with your cap on your head, but uh, you're pretty similar to eyes. Do you, because Tascosa had good baseball back then. Were you, did you remember Doug House? Left-handed. Uh, yeah, Doug was a little, yeah, Doug was a little older than I was. Uh, but uh, there was some, you know, we had some good uh, guys that went through, um, Tasco. So the teams we had, we had a few good guys, but we just didn't have enough good guys. And I wasn't even considered one of those good guys. So uh, my arm only allowed me to play second base. So I couldn't throw it from any other position. And, and uh, so it was, uh, I was some, I was somewhat uh, a liability. What year did you get out of Tascosa, Dusty? I graduated in 77. Uh, graduated right. Tascosa in 77 and then uh, uh, Tech in 81. Okay. All right. One of the reasons I wanted to have you on this morning is because there's there's a gazillion things we could talk to you about, but one of them starting out is you were at the Ben Hogan Award Ceremony, or at least they said you were, and uh, 
and I was watching it, but I couldn't hear it because they never did get the volume on the podcast to where you could listen it. But I kept watching it thinking the volume's going to come on any minute now. So the only way I knew Ludwig won was I had to watch and hear. He's the one that walked up on the stage. <laughs> I said, okay, <laughs> hey, we won it. But uh, you were there, and uh, what kind of event was it? And uh, tell us tell us about that event. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a, a great event. They held it at uh, Colonial Country Club. Uh, they hold the award the same week that they play the Colonial, so it's got a lot of uh, uh, buzz around it uh, already. Um, it's a black tie affair. Uh, it's been held there at Colonial for the last 20-something years. It actually started at Burbank Country Club in uh, out on the West Coast, and, and they uh, brought it to Colonial uh, back in the early 2000s, and uh, it's really built up i obviously never went when it was on the west coast but uh, as i understand it's a much more significant event event now than it uh, it was earlier and uh, so it was great they had uh they interviewed all three of the finalists uh gordon Sargent from uh vanderbilt was uh, one of the finalists uh, and then thomas bjornson uh who's from stanford uh, was another finalist, and all three of these young men uh, did a great job. I mean, they were uh, they were very engaging. Uh, it's just uh, you know, you, I pull for all three of those kids after uh, meeting them and and listening to them that night. And then obviously uh, Ludwig uh, is a special as a special kid. He's very humble. Uh, he is uh, you know very composed, very well spoken. You know, just a really good looking kid. He's going to be. Uh, He's, he's going to be a monster in the uh, endorsement business of uh, professional golf. I think without a doubt, and what a great ambassador for tech. I mean, you know, you got people that go to a school and they're and they're playing whatever sport, but they're not into the school like like Ludwig seems to be. I mean, he seems to be a Red Raider and uh, and represents the red and black very well. Yeah, that's not that's not an act. Uh, he he uh, really likes it in Lubbock. He um, you know, he, he, he always has something good to say. He's had a great experience here uh, playing for Coach Sands, and uh, that team is very tight, uh, and uh, it's, not, it's not an act with Ludwig. Uh, you'll see him on the tour with a, with a double T on his bag. I can promise you that. Uh, you know, we've been envious of the relationships that Oklahoma State primarily, and, and maybe UT to some extent, mm-hmm. other universities have built with their – players that are out on tour uh you know oklahoma state has had ricky fowler and and hovland and and uh you know you you can go way back and a a whole long list of players uh that have been out there jordan spieth with uh ut and and uh obviously uh you know others uh that have represented their university and ludwig will certainly be able to do that for to for texas tech and he will be an ambassador for the university without question. Well, and, and you think, oh, well, he probably won't make it on the PGA. Let me tell you what, the odds are very much stacked that he will make it and he will make it big because the only other person to win the Ben Hogan twice is John Rahm. And John Rahm has is, is done fairly well for himself. I think he's number one in the world right now. Yeah, he, he is. is, number, he is, he is yeah. number one in the world. And Yeah, John's the only other uh, two-time winner. Uh, of the Ben Hogan Award in the last few years, Victor Hovland has won it. Uh, has won it. Maverick McNeely has won it. Um, it's been a really an indicator of uh, players that 
can compete at the highest level. And I'll be, you know, I'll be honest. I, I'll be shocked if Ludwig is not uh, a top 10 player in the world uh, within a few, uh, you know, within just a few short years. Uh, Pretty that's cool. not just for me. I sat with a, a guy that, you know, should be his agent in the near future. And, and Greg, who's been around high quality uh, collegiate athletes that have turned into be uh, great players at the professional level. He will tell you that uh, Ludwig, uh, you know, barring some unforeseen uh, incident will become a, you know, a top 10 player in the world. Hey, we did hear that uh, this week that TCU tried to come get our golf coach, Greg Sands, and they failed. He's, he wanted to stay here. He said, I, hey, nothing like what I got here at Texas Tech. Isn't that good yeah. to hear? That's so, he loves it here, and he's doing a great job. He does. You know, I, I really think all of our coaches uh, love it here. I mean, I they, uh, they get great support from administration. They get great fan support. They get financial support. Um, their families love it here. I mean, you can look at how many coaches, um, you know, want to live here even when they're not coaching here. And uh, – so those, you know, the coaches that are here and spend any kind of time here, uh, their families fall in love with it here. They don't want to move. They don't want to leave. And they get great support from uh, not only our uh, our administration, but our fan base as well. Well, speaking of coaches that love to be here, I'm sure you've been around Grant McCaslin. We have not. I mean, I've seen him one time at a Tech baseball game. And other than that, I'm assuming he's out recruiting and beating the bushes because – he hadn't been very visible. Uh, what What's your take on on Grant? You know, Grant's got his own uh, way of of uh, running the program. Um, Grant's got a plan. It's funny you said that. I just got a text from Grant as we were talking here. So uh, Grant's got his own um, methodology. He's got a plan. Uh, he knows what he's doing. Uh, he's making decisions for the long term. Uh, he knows what he wants in his staff and he knows what he, what kind of kids he's wants in the program. Uh, and so, uh, he is focused on, on that. And he is, he is involved in every aspect. I mean, he, every home visit he's a part of, uh, he, he really is, uh, leading, um, the charge uh, on recruiting on every kid. So, uh, there's not re- there's not coaches on his staff that are responsible for recruiting. He he takes responsibility for that. So he wants all of his assistants to build relationships with all those recruits. But he sees recruiting as his uh, number one uh, responsibility inside that program. So he's going to do things differently than maybe what we've been accustomed to. But he uh, you know he he's he'll get it done. He's going to be on next week. On the show, great, is he? Yeah, no, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shame you. Well, when you when you text him back, yeah, I bet bet we could make, I bet we could make that happen. Well, he's been texting with, I've texted with. He played when he was here, Dusty. When he came in with Coach Dickey, I got him to be on my city league and church league basketball teams. He played with us a couple of years, so I've been texting him. He said, "I will be on, but let me get a team." First, I'd like to have a team to talk about before I come be on because he he wasn't left with many. No, he's, uh, you know, he, he understands what his primary responsibility is, and, and that is to put the roster together and then uh, put the coaching staff together. And, and uh, he's not concerned with all of the 
fans loving where he is right now. He's concerned with all the fans loving where he is next March. And so uh, he understands that he's not trying to win the press conference. He's not trying to win May or June. He's trying to win in uh, (laughs) January, February, March of next year. Well, of all the things you do out there, one thing that I don't think you're involved in, and I might be wrong, is the NIL. And it doesn't sound like that he's – sounds to me like he's going to be quite a bit different than what we've had as far as the NIL in that I don't think he's wanting to go out and buy players. What's your take? What what have you heard? Yeah, I think – you know, I think – and we've really only had one coach in basketball that's really been in the NIL era. And uh, that staff certainly relied on NIL for uh, player uh, recruiting. And uh, Ben is much more – Ben – uh, Grant is much more of a uh, relationship uh, recruiter and uh, much closer to the way Joey uh, does his recruiting uh, in football. And so uh, you're right. I, I, I think those kids will certainly get NIL support. Uh, we're fortunate that Matador Club and, and uh, our donor base has uh, been supportive of that uh, initiative and even administration uh, you know, the school itself is going to help in a lot of ways to make sure that the Matador Club is successful and uh, is able to provide uh, the NIL funds that we need to compete and to really uh, make sure our athletes are on a, an equal footing. But I don't think there's no I don't there's no question that uh, Grant doesn't lead with NIL. Uh, that's just a part of what he what that program will provide. But it's certainly not uh, the main effort in recruiting. Well, and the other thing he's got is is the Womble Center, and the well, that's got to be the greatest practice facility in America. I I would I'm amazed with what is there. I can't even believe that we have that, Dusty. Thank you for your your help and support and making all that come together. Well, there's a lot of people that were involved in that uh, project, and uh, you know I was one of them, but you know it could not have been done uh, just by myself and. Uh, a lot of people have had a big role in that. And it is certainly um, a facility that we're proud of. Um, I love where it's located on the campus. Um, I, you know, I like the fact that it fits in with all the other architecture we have, and it's very functional. We are certainly a development program, uh, and it's, it's more than just a showpiece. It's very functional. And, uh, you know, we're very fortunate to have that as part of our program there. But you were you were part of uh, putting it together, didn't y'all travel around the country and, and sort of yeah, pick, I think pick I, the best I parts? Think I, yeah, I think I looked at eighteen different facilities. <laughs> I think there were uh, maybe seven of those were uh, NBA facilities, and the rest of them were uh, collegiate facilities. And uh, you know, we tried to pick off the pieces that we liked the best from uh, from each one of them that we saw, and we probably saw something in every one of them that we liked, and. And we're able to sort of incorporate uh, uh, all of those into, uh, uh, you know, the facility that we're really proud of. All right. You've got, this is way off the wall, but what is that thing that you crawl in, like a hydro chamber or something that you get in? And so we have a hyperbaric chamber. Hyperbaric yeah. chamber. Have you been in the hyperbaric chamber? I have not. I'm, I'm a little claustrophobic, well, so I, I'm about to I'll say. get in the hyperbaric chamber. So, uh yeah, they use that for a lot of recovery. Um, so they'll—it's a, a, an oxygen-rich uh, tube. 
So uh, they'll get in it. They can actually see out of it. It's not like an uh -huh. iron lung kind of deal. But, uh, yeah, we, you'll have athletes that will be in there for two hours at a time. Uh, just and usually they're in there reading and and whatever. But it's a it's a uh, compression uh, tube where they have uh, high or not high pressure, but it's it's uh, oxygen rich and it is uh, it's got a pressure uh, that's higher than what it is in the atmosphere to try to force that oxygen uh, deeper into your tissue and into your bloodstream. Okay, you look awful relaxed there. Can you hang with us another segment? Certainly. Okay. Happy to do it. <laughs> well, we'd appreciate When's it. When's your tea you time? Would. Do you have a tea time? No, I do not. No, today is uh, today is hang around the house day. All right. Well, good. We're glad to have you. I can tell you that. And uh, we'll come back and and pick your brain on some more things that are going on at Texas Tech. I, I'm excited about football. I can't wait to see the new facilities. It's going to be so Well, it cool. won't be this year, you see. I know it, but I'm, I'm excited for what's coming. You bet. It's big time. We'll be back here. Sports Talk Conversations with a good laugh mixed in. This is the Sports Talk with Bedford and Ashby podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. McGavick Nissan and Infinity of Lubbock. I just love those commercials that uh, Brent McGavick does. He just, you, you know, you see Brent on those commercials, you can tell he's just happy. He's just yeah. glad to be here. Well, come, on down, come on down and see us, and uh, we'll take great care of you. It's that family atmosphere you get at McGavick Nissan and Infinity. I'm about to come on down and see them yeah, here in the next month or so. And they're one of the top producers in America with Nissan, the trucks. I think they're number one. And uh, he was talking about Infinity the other day doing a commercial. They got the brand new uh, uh, car. I can't remember the number of it but uh, they've got it there on the floor and uh, it's really a, one of those safety vehicles that uh, and and just elegant and what you're looking for so go see them the gavin nissan infinity of lubbock spur 327 for the infinity store and right there on milwaukee right around the corner for the nissan store and that's mcgavick and also be a part of the red raider club man we're proud that they do so many things and of course you know you start thinking about the parking and everything else that goes with it at texas tech and you can be at different levels and get different benefits yeah and, and they're trying to get everybody to raise their level and and to be more supportive because they help all 400 of our student at 400 plus of our student athletes great organization but you Andrea don't have to Tyree. be at the top of the pyramid you can no you, know, you get some good stuff down the road yeah well or just you can help out yeah you're helping you're helping out texas be Tech a helper and, out or at whatever level you can do be a part of the red raider club be part of the team speaking of that uh last week's golf tournament do you remember the fellow block Yep. The guy, the pro from uh, California. I watched him. He, uh, oh, it's, it's a phenomenal story. The hole-in-one, I thought the up-and-down on 18 was, mm -hmm. well, it probably wasn't as impressive as the hole-in-one, but it was pretty darn impressive. And it got him in the tournament the next week. And so he's playing this this week in the Colonial, yep. which I thought is very smart of him to invite him. But he made a few hiccups during the week. And, you know, the golf gods or the whatever you want to call them, the karma golf gods, the negative textures out there and all mm -hmm. that, they don't they don't want you up on that high horse. So he said, they said, talking about Rory's drives, how far yeah. he drove. So how, how would you do if, if Rory, uh, well, I'm going to finish it because otherwise it'll be next week or week after next. said, how would you drive, how would you do uh, if you could drive like Rory? He said, I'd be one of the best players in the world. 
Well, people didn't like that. Yeah. He finished last this week in the Colonial. The <laughs> golf gods brought him back down. He's not. Well, we're, hey, we're proud to have on with us Dusty Hart. Yeah. Dusty, Plainsman. got you in here kind of crazy how all this happened because I was talking to Kelly Tadlock. You were the second string. So you're second player. We wanted her. No, but they're playing right now. And uh, and you're playing later on, but you're a former Monterey Plainsman. And uh, you were on the last state championship team for Coach Bobby Magle. That's that's something. You you remember that game, I'm sure, well. Oh, yeah. That's something that uh, you don't ever forget. And obviously get an opportunity to be – to play for Coach Magle growing up. I mean, and then getting to play for Coach Tadlock in college. I know. You know at, at Grayson, like right? Was, yeah, at Grayson. Yeah. For pretty blessed. Pretty blessed to, to get to learn the game from those two guys. Well, how long had Tim been there when you came out here? So, Tim, I think he was – he was K my freshman year at Christmas. So, I was actually – it was his first year as head coach at Grayson was the year I played for him. Okay. Okay. All right. And now you're at Blinn. He's – right now, This is, Dusty, this is your first year at Blinn. Correct. Right, as Correct. the head coach there yeah. at Blinn. What's y'all's, what's y'all's mascot? I couldn't remember. We're the Buccaneers. Oh yeah, the Buccaneers. Land Buccaneers. Yeah, and you, it's yes, down sir. in it's down in Brenham. Is that where it is? Brenham, Texas. Yes, how big is old Brenham? Ice cream. Yeah, you, yeah, is it big? Yeah. Like Level Land? Yeah, it's probably I would say on par with Level Land. There's probably about fifty thousand, forty fifty. 000. A little more humid than Level Land. Yeah. Larry Horn pitched yeah. at at Blend Junior College. Larry, Did he really? Yeah, that's an old Monterey Plainsman. And then yeah, there was another one down there. Fun. I think Marlon Hamilton might have gone to Blinn. He might have. Yeah. Where, where'd Donnie go? Donnie Moore. He went to Ranger. Yeah, he went to Ranger because he wanted to go somewhere where he didn't have to go to class. <laughs> no, and, and Coach Michael <laughs> said, well, that'd be Ranger. Do you have to go to class at Blinn? Do y'all make them? Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> these days, same, things have changed a little bit. You kind of got to go to class nowadays. I think it changed everywhere. I, th- I can remember old Red Raider days. We had athletes up here that weren't going to class. Yeah. <laughs> and we get, have one on the show fairly regularly. I, I know it. <laughs> well, hey, Dusty, where's you know, it was so Kelly, she goes, uh, of course, I, I do some JUCO stuff with basketball at the national tournament we have here with the women and, and those kinds of things. And I've done the regional tournaments, men's basketball, but not baseball. And uh, she said, well, D- Dusty Hart's here. You need to get him on. He, he's a Monterey guy. And of course, Ben, her son, is playing for Weatherford College, and and yeah. uh, and he's a Coronado guy. I think they're guy. winning right now. Actually, I think oh. it's two to nothing. Weatherford, Weatherford. well, good. good. Yeah. And what time do y'all play? We play at ten o'clock on Sunday morning, so we got the last oh. game of the opening. Season. Hey, it's a weird bracket. There's ten teams, and like four of them have to play an extra game. Now, why? Why? Nobody really knows the answer to that question. We've asked it a million times, and they just like 10 teams for some reason. Um, <laughs> but it's definitely a weird bracket. Like, we we don't play today, and everybody else plays today. And then Sunday, we're the only, we're the only game that, that uh, isn't right. a loser's bracket game. Yeah. And so – we get a bye on Monday, whether we win or lose. It doesn't even matter. We're not. We won't play again until Tuesday. So it's 
This is great for your pitching. This is great. Yeah, it's a good spot to be in that bracket for sure. Okay, so you're not one of the ones that has to play that extra game. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. No, it really doesn't. It doesn't. And and those guys, it's really tough to win this thing if you're in that lower part of the bracket where you have to play the extra game. But it's been done. It's been done. So it's it's not not impossible, but it certainly doesn't make life any easier. Oh no. So if you to win it all, it looks like the championship game. You could win it on Friday, June the second, unless you get beat. I guess you'd have to turn around and play again if Yes. Saturday, June the third. Friday or Saturday, you could be the national champion. Have you ever done that before? We did win it one year when I was at Grayson at, in two thousand eight. That was uh that was the only time I've ever won it as a head coach. I've been a couple other times, but obviously it's not easy to do. So <laughs> you, kinda, you know, kinda, it's not like magic a, in a bottle. Yeah, it's not like it's Lamego. about like winning a state championship yeah. in the state of Texas. It is. <laughs> it's hard to do. There's two Texas teams in this one, y'all and Weatherford, and uh, so we've got we've got some players on both those with you there. And I didn't know you were there. I'm so glad that Kelly told me that. And, uh, and then of course I reached out to you, and you immediately responded. Do you ever get back to Lubbock? Do you come? Do you have family up here? Or? You know, I did for a long time, and then my father passed away, and so we moved my mom up to St. Louis so she could be with my sister. So I haven't been back in a while, but obviously Lubbock's home, and I I love Lubbock, and I miss Lubbock. There's just something different about West Texas, and I still talk to a lot of guys I graduated high school with, and, and they're still out there, but... Hey, who are some of those guys from your state championship team that you stay in touch with? So Joe Ojibway and Jeff Horn, J.R. Mize, Mark Martinez, Alex Garcia, uh, Brian Schmidt. I usually, we usually touch base here and there throughout the year, you know, and we're kind of winning a state championship, you know, that's a bond for life. So I still think. So. Yeah, well, it's uh, you know, do they know how good you're doing? I mean, you were where you were at Grayson for 16 years, and you won the championship in 2008, and uh, you named the national coach of the year, the American Baseball Coach Association Junior College Coach of the Year. Uh, you've really had a great, great career already, doing a great job. Well, I appreciate it. I think a lot of that probably. I mean, once again growing up and getting to play for coach Nagel and coach Tadlock, I had a, I had a pretty good, pretty good guys to learn from. And I still implement a lot of the things that we did in practice with those guys. It's kind of the same stuff we we're still doing today. Well, let me tell you, coach Tadlock is, uh, they're, they're, they're different coaches because coach Magel right fielder screw up. He's liable to trot a right fielder out there in the middle of the inning. And the other one's got to come out in the middle of the inning. The other day, Tim had a, a had a pitcher and a catcher. They were having trouble connecting, and he was so patient. It was unbelievable it. patience, and he was rewarded for his patience. Mm-hmm. By, are you more like Coach Magler or are you more like uh, Coach Tadlock? I think I'm probably somewhere in the middle. I always like to say I, I kind of got to see both ends of the spectrum. So with Coach Magel, you know, he – he wasn't afraid to to let you know when you screwed up, and then Tadlock was probably the the easiest, nicest, 
you know, most laid back coach that I've ever been around. So, uh, I, I, I probably need to be more like coach Tadlock than I am like <laughs> coach Cagle sometimes. Cause you know, sometimes you get on those guys and it doesn't help anything. It only hurts. So, uh, but I can't help it. I think it's just instilled in, in me at some point. I get mad at them. I got to tell them. Well, at least you got a little Coach Tadlock in you. I was, I was pretty much Coach Magel. Yep. Back well, in the that's day. that's not the worst thing. I mean, the, the kids <laughs> are just different thing. now, I think. The, you know, you got to be able to – you got to be able to love on him a little bit. And not that Coach Magel didn't love on us. I think we all knew he loved He loved us. Um, it was just a different, different, totally different guys. But yeah, if you could hit, he loved you. Thing, yeah, if you could play, he definitely loved yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, I think with a just being being able to see that both ways work, I think I think that was always important yeah. for for my career. You know, both ways work just as well. I mean, Coach Magel won how you know a state championship in four decades, and then. Coach Tadlock won two national championships at Grayson and obviously taken Tech to Omaha four times. So both ways work, and I think you just have to be yourself and, and trust what you've learned from, from your mentors. And get you some really good players. Yeah, that's the key. That's the key. And it sounds really like you got players, some really good players. A really good coach. You got yeah, any kids from West really Texas? I don't think we have too many kids from West Texas right now. We uh, we kind of, you know, I got the job in July, so I had about a month to try to put a team together. And then, of course, we brought some guys in at Christmas. Um, you can do that in junior college. But we kind of kind of had to play with the hand we were dealt a little bit this year. And uh, it's been definitely a learning experience for all of us as coaches and I tell you, I got the best assistant coaches in the country, man. These guys really get after it, and I'm learning from them stuff, you know. So we, we've we got a really good thing going right now. I think it just all came together at the right time. Hey, well, I noticed here, Dusty, looking at the sta- at the rankings, that uh, coming into the tournament, y'all were ranked number eight in the country. Weatherford's number five in the country. And I think they've won 50 games now. It has y'all at 42 and 13. What's your what's your current record right now? I believe we're 44 and 13. They probably didn't add the two wins yeah. in the Super Regional. Yeah, I think they probably left those off. But it's uh, pretty good to show up in July and you got your team ranked number eight in the country. Who was the coach right before you got there? Harvey McIntyre was the previous coach. and He had just decided his heart wasn't in it anymore and he just wanted to do something else. and. Yeah. Glenn has always been a really, really intriguing job. I think in the junior college baseball world in the state of Texas, everybody's always kind of said that, you know, Glenn is, is one of the better jobs. Yeah, that'd be at the top. Yeah, it is. You hear about you, <laughs> yeah, you just hear of them. Sure. Well, I, I was just ready for a different challenge, I think, you know, to, trying to take the team and build them from scratch. And it's worked out so far. So hopefully it'll be a long-term good decision, but we'll see. Well, ask, ask Jeff Horn if his dad Larry didn't play at Blinn because I'm almost 100% sure he did, and I think Darlin Marlin Hamilton did too. And I, they had a big-time coach there. Can you remember back that far? That had been 40 oh, years yeah. ago. Was it Dreyer? Leroy Dreyer. Dreyer, yep. yeah. Yep. 
yeah, he phenomenal was, coach. Yeah, he was a good one. So anyway. Yeah, they named the field after him. <laughs> so you would remember. The field after him. <laughs> yeah, it, makes it, it makes it easier to remember their name. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so you're going to play tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock against Gaston, North Carolina. What do you know about them? You know, not a lot, really. Um, scouting in junior college is a little different than it is in Division <laughs> One because that, nothing's really on TV. So yeah. We've looked their stats up, and, you know, we've done as, as good a job as we can just with all the research. But at this point in the year, I mean, I don't think it matters who you just play. Go play. you got to play. Do your strength. thing. Yes, yeah. sir. Do, do what you thing. do. Well, I guess you're, you're still married, aren't you? Yeah. To Stephanie. Where where did y'all meet? See where'd you and Stephanie meet? She's actually a Lubbock High grad. Oh there you go. How about that? Got 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 tied in with a West Texas girl, which I don't know if it would have worked if I didn't. (laughs) And you've got Braden, Jax, Marley, Dalton, and Grace. Five kids. We're busy. I'm not, no kidding. Us young. What's the age? What's, what's the youngest to oldest? Yeah. So we got an 18, a 17, a 15, a 13, and a 5. And a 5. And a 5. And Good a planning. Five. Good planning, Dusty. <laughs> hey. Well, that, that was a little little surprise, but <laughs> it's been a, been a blessing. She's, I know. It's funny how that works, isn't it? Listen, yeah, Dusty, we're proud of you. Ball. We are proud of you, and uh, we, we we'll be wish pulling you well. for Blinn. Yeah, I'll be keeping up with how y'all are doing. Now, when y'all play Weatherford, we may have to flip a coin, it. but uh, oh yeah, I get it. <laughs> but hey, we're we're I pulling for you, Oh, Monterey Plainsman. You're doing good, buddy. We're proud of you, and keep up. G- good luck. Hope you win the national championship. I, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, send the Red Raiders some of your good ones. Yep. Oh, I do. I'm trying. <laughs> All right. That a guy. All right, Dusty. We'll talk to you later. Dusty Hart, okay. head coach at Blinn hey. Junior College. Former Monterey Plainsman, 96 state champion. Team. We'll be right back with more sports talk. Sports talk conversations with a good laugh mixed in. This is the Sports Talk with Thetford and Ashby podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. By JW Services, Lincoln Distributors in Midland, Texas. That is Brent Beck and Scott Blakely. They're Red Raiders, and uh, they have this company down there. It has to do with the wellhead. They can help you, and they've got parts. They can make parts. They can order parts. They can keep you up and running. That's what they do. This company, JW Services, Lincoln Distributors, there's a lot of companies together, all down helping in the oil field and gas business down there, and they do a fantastic job, and we appreciate them. They're one of the main reasons we're on down in the Permian Basin. We're proud to be there. And another one is Mighty Wash. We're thankful. And by the way, I did not know this till this week, but uh, I came to your, uh, what they call that deal when you had your reception? It was a reception, your retirement reception for J.J. Johnson, who's joining us here. So I walk in there, and uh, Burl Robertson is there. Now, Burl is the, uh, it was the superintendent for Lubbock ISD Schools. And uh, he would have been at this still today, shaking hands if he was still the superintendent and did a great job, a wonderful man. So I go, Burl, what are you doing? Because he'd moved off somewhere, hadn't he, J.J.? Yeah, I think he sold everything and got a trailer, and he was went from city to city for a year or two with he and his wife. I think. <laughs> like a nomad. Yeah, well, there you go. Just, yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a problem with that. It's good. But he's back, and he is the chief financial officer for Mighty Wash. 
That's what he's doing. I'll be darned. And what a big deal. He goes, well, I didn't know what he was talking. I walked in, and I saw Burl, and he goes, hey, thank you for y'all's great words on our company and supporting our company when y'all do those commercials. And I go, what are you talking about? He goes, Mighty Wash. I go, you're at Mighty Wash? Are you the guy that drives him off at the end? But it wasn't him. He didn't do that. He's the chief financial. I was so glad to see him and glad he's back and glad he's in that position. He was a... He's a great one. I, and I heard that Doyle Vogler passed away yesterday, and I'm sure you got that word. Yeah, that's uh, that's that was, sad. He just came by the office Tuesday, uh, Monday or Tuesday last week, gave me a retirement card, and we chatted for a little while. And, uh, you know, he said he was going to be busy and couldn't make the reception. And, you know, it was good to catch up with him a little bit. And then, mercy, you just never know when the good one oh. But, you know, two days later, he's not with us. That's just crazy. It really is. Yeah, Doyle Vogler, that yeah, I mentioned so, at the start. And he was such a good guy. Yeah, great guy. Great oh, guy. He was for one kids. Of the best. Very, uh, very knowledgeable on the academic side. Just uh, so, so beneficial for Lubbock ISD. Well, J.J. Johnson's here. And he is, uh, of course, he's been in Lubbock all of his life. He knows nothing else but Lubbock. That's all he knows. And I'm glad he stayed here all those years because he was a heck of a player when he was in high school at Coronado. And he was a heck of a coach through all those years. He coached basketball, too, with Sherlene Hughes. And uh, they won almost every time you played, didn't you, J.J.? Y'all just you, – you knew you were going to win. We had a good group of kids. You did. We had a good group of kids. <laughs> For a long then. time. Yeah, that yeah, was, was uh, so that was good. A, that was a lot, a lot of fun. Sherlene, uh, Sherlene had it going on, and I was fortunate enough to be a assistant for eight years so yeah that, that well, was, was were you there with patty any in the volleyball or you he didn't do no, volleyball. I, did, uh, I did volleyball no with, but, uh brandy but, oh she was there yeah she was there no, patty I, patty had it going pretty good too oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. patty's a great coach so Coronado just had, a, had it yeah. all going on and then jj became the head softball coach and what year was that uh that would have been uh 98 99 99 and how many district championships did y'all win in a row uh, All I of believe them. We won. Uh, I think we won twenty we won. twenty-three in a row. Twenty-three in a row. Yeah. Rusty yeah. Or, Rusty won three, and then uh, we had a nineteen, and then uh, Nancy followed it up after I moved uh, moved downtown. I think it was twenty-three total. So that's a long run. That is amazing. You never you never didn't win district, did you? You won district every year. That's correct. That's why nobody likes you, JJ. <laughs> well, you know that was that was. What That's was, why I didn't go to his reception. That's that was what was fun about the reception. Is there a lot of people showed up, and I was like, man, there wasn't. You got to retire to have people like you. I know it. There wasn't that many people like me when I coached. I know. It. Well, you're beating them all the time. Now, Coach Crocs got it going over at Monterey. No, nah, he does. He's, he's got a. He's he's had a good group of kids, a good run, and uh, yeah. you know he only had three seniors this year. So I know it. He's got. Uh, and when I hear he's got a couple of young eighth graders, so I, I fully expect them to keep, keep going. going for a while. But they lose Alexis Lusk, and that's a big loss. That's a big one. That's that a, a big one. Really she is big. she is big time. Uh, she's a you know D one shortstop can hit the ball, just you know big big leader. Now that that's a big piece, but yeah. they got everybody else back. And JJ was inducted into the Lubbock ISD Athletic Hall of Honor class of 2018. Very richly deserved for your success, JJ. Gary is ranked, I don't know, I didn't count him exactly, but he's in the top 10 in the history of high school softball in Texas for wins. I don't doubt that for a minute. And I thought, you, yeah, because you won a ton. Well, yeah. and you didn't, see, you, you, if he hadn't been a quitter, he might be the number one. <laughs> oh, it, I mean, he just, yeah, just quit. Just, Turned his back and left. Yeah. Well, what so, happened on that? Why'd you do that? Were you tired? No. Just, uh, you know, I, the last four years at Coronado, I was a girls' coordinator. Uh, you know, I'd hung around Coronado enough where 
by default, I got the uh, girls coordinator. <laughs> default. But that was uh, <laughs> let JJ do it. That was that was uh, that, that kind of kind of got me going a little bit on the other side. But also, it made me a better softball coach because you know I thought the only thing in the world that mattered was softball. Mm-hmm. You know, we get we get closed minded. You got a lot of <laughs> coaches like that. They get closed minded on their sport and don't look at anything else. But when I became the coordinator, I had to. Uh, uh, I spent less time in softball, but I was a better coach because I, I, I understood things more. And then, uh, you know, we had two ADs quit at the same time, and I was on the girls' coordinator side. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to throw my name out there. And uh, uh, Coach Meeks took a chance on me, and uh, it was uh, it's 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 been a lot of fun. Yeah, but you hadn't been you hadn't been in the athletic department that many years. No, I was girls' coordinator for four, and then six years uh, six years downtown. So I guess I was ten as far as a coordinator. AD type. Yeah, role. but so. six downtown. What six do you want downtown. to do now? Because that's been your life. You get a trailer and drive around. <laughs> your entire life. Yeah. Well, get you a deal on a good trailer. That. <laughs> well, I mean, it's been tough. I mean, 37 years is a long time, but it's been tough. And, you know, people ask me, why are you retiring? I'm like, well, how many years have you gone? Are you going to go 37? They're like, well, no. I'm like, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's just my daughter's going to be a senior, and uh, my dad passed away in September, so I go over and take care of my mom. So it's going to give me more time to take care of my mom. And I'm going to try to relax. I don't know. I may not make it. Uh, you don't know how. August, September, I may be looking for something else. I may be working at Mighty Wash with Burl. I don't know. He <laughs> gets your job. <laughs> there Maybe you Burl can hire you. We got connections over there <laughs> if you need help getting a yeah. job. Yeah, Joe Landine and, and – because yeah. uh, you know all those guys. But, uh, you know, J.J., Gary, he played uh, basketball and baseball at Coronado. And uh, when I was there and I coached him and – me and Coach Arnwine, Barry Arnwine, and JJ was uh, JJ was under your tutelage. Yeah, this, yeah, don't hold that. a lot of yeah. a lot of guys that become great coaches played for great coaches. Yeah, would this be the this case might with be you? An exception or oh, this, one, or is this, this an exception or is this no, no? Uh, well, we worked hard and JJ worked hard too. And JJ had had some little heart things going on back then, and I I can't tell you. Every, we'd be practicing JJ. You you know a little bit about the guy. He just he tried hard every t- second of every day. Practice, yeah. no matter what you were doing, J.J. gave you his full attention. And that's not very common among young people. Most aren't paying attention, and most aren't giving you – he gave you everything he had. He felt, uh, Mike Gustafson, who's going to be on the show later yeah. today, we're going to have back-to-back guys that gave it their all gave everything they on had. the show because he falls under that same category as J.J. And I would look at Coach Arnwine, and we'd be going so hard, and J.J. would just be breathing so hard. And I'd say, Coach, he's going to die right here. We can't, what are we going to do? It'll mess up practice. Well, <laughs> when Coronado softball wouldn't have been the same. I know it. Well, I mean, I, I uh, after my eighth grade year, I didn't get to play my ninth grade year or my tenth grade year, so I didn't get to play till my junior year. So I was yeah. a manager, which I, that was part of planting the seed of being a coach. But uh-huh. I went from playing eighth grade at Wilson to uh, as a junior playing a little bit of JV and varsity. In my mind, I missed a lot of steps, so I had to catch up. You so, did. So that's so why I had to. I just felt like I was behind, so I was working hard to catch up. Well, you did. You caught up. He was a starter in basketball. Played a lot of minutes. On a good, on a pretty good team, we had some good players. Yeah, Dan, Sam, yeah, yeah, my did. brother-in-law, and and much good players. But uh, and in baseball, y'all had a good run in baseball with Coach Dudley. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, that's one of the things that really stuck with me with a lot of coaches that you know played for Coach Magel and or played for Coach Dudley. You know, we had some success there, and uh, I wanted to go back and coach and give back. I thought I thought every kid 
that played sports, I'd have the experience of my what I did my senior year, being able to win district and yeah. all the fun and all that. I thought that was so cool, and I wanted every kid to be able to experience that. And fortunate we were able to do that on uh, Coronado softball. I mean, it's it's pretty cool when you get those long runs in the playoffs, and uh, you know you make it all the way up to like graduation. You know that's cool. You know Gary yep. can relate to all that. Yes, yep. really know, I, just, I just that was just planted such a seed with me that I, I wanted to I wanted to be a part of that. And, he took you know, one team to state. Yeah, I was down there with you at whatever that field is, Red and Charlene McCombs Field, and uh, it got beat in the semifinals. But what a year that was! What a run! Of course, you had so many good years, JJ. There were so many other times. You know, you get that far in the playoffs every year to the regional tournament and those kind. It's just luck here and there, a pitch here and there that determines the outcome. Many times. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's it's where you get in the bracket, and uh, you know, I've I've heard Co- Coach Magel say, you know, sometimes it's just your year. You get in the right bracket, and things go your way, and it just went our way that year. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember in the regional final, we'd never been to the regional final, but you know, it just rained the night before, and our guys were used to dealing with that. And you know, Mansfield Timberview didn't even want to play, and we went out and got the field <laughs> ready. And, Parents out there, you yeah. know, squeezing things off, and they said, "What do you mean we got to play?" So they drove back. I just, I just felt like the uh, everything just hit just right for us that year. Of course, you know, having a having a great pitcher that that uh, yeah, you know, that never now, hurts. She's was now, that Mo? That she's now the coach at Coronado, but you know, she just had a rubber arm. She could, she was one of those that would pitch about 90 percent, and when it got crunch time, she could crank it up to whatever she needed to to get somebody out. Yeah. She's the head coach now yeah. at Coronado. Yeah, yeah, and. Yeah, and she's changing her name back. Yes, I saw she, her at the deal, and she said, "I said, what's the deal with your name?" And I couldn't even find. I didn't know who was the coach over there because I thought it was you, but they had somebody else listed there, Francois or somebody. Yeah, that was her married name. But you know, she did the same thing in high school. In classroom, she went by Rebecca, but on the softball field, she was by Mo because she didn't Monique. want to teach. She was hoping the teachers <laughs> couldn't get that connection, so if she got in trouble. She did, they didn't know she was. A softball they didn't go player. talk to the softball. Yeah, they coach. didn't go talk to the softball <laughs> coach. Yeah, she tried to keep it incognito in uh, in the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the teachers tell you Rebecca's in trouble. Yeah, and she'd go, "I don't know no Rebecca. I don't know. I don't have a Rebecca on my team." <laughs> yeah, but she's a she was amazing yeah. athlete, and I no and, doubt. And I and her catcher is her assistant coach. Yeah, that's that's kind of crazy. Those two. Uh, What's her name? Uh, Tegan. Tegan. Yeah, Kurt. Tegan. Those Kurt. two played together for two years. In fact, that was the only year that uh, the dugout we just we gave up on uh, calling pitches from the dugout. Just let those two do it. Uh, yeah, Mo pitched. Mo was such a temple. She didn't need a pitch clock, by the way. Oh, she uh, didn't. Oh no, she'd catch the ball, be on the rubber, and ready to go. I mean, she got in trouble for quick pitching, and she'd get mad at me because we're looking at the clipboard trying to figure out a pitch. She's like, "Come on, <laughs> let's go." So I just, you know what? You got you two know what you're doing. Y'all just y'all just call the pitches, and you know she'd go two and a half, five seconds between pitches. So they didn't need a pitch clock. She I love it. Four pitch clock. That is but great. we had a lot of fun, and the games were a lot faster. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, we that was the only two that I let do that. So they're very, very knowledgeable and capable, no doubt. Well, and the other thing, Gary, that you you relate to this is uh, Daryl Doc Rosenau. Oh, and love the, Doc. And what he gave, you know, of course, the field at Coronado is named after him, and uh, well, the he, input he that he had. He worked for some JJ. of your pitchers, didn't he? Oh yeah. Come out yeah. No, he did. You know, men's fast pitch was kind of dying, and he was way into the girls' basketball too with the LGB. And he'd come watch our girls' basketball team yeah. play. And then, you know, after some games, he was just like, well, who does your softball in the summer? I said, well, you know, we just find whoever we can. We have some dads, and they'll graduate and go on. And, you know, he's like, you know, can I come pitch? And I remember the day he was walking up the 
step pitching. He was in his uh, short button lead, button down shirt on a short sleeve with his jeans on, carrying his white cleats with uh, his glove that had the shoestring. <laughs> and the kids are like, "He's gonna pitch to us." I'm like, "Yeah." And then yeah. I, knew, I knew they were about to get it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he started pitching, and he's like, "JJ, y'all playing somebody good?" Where? Yeah. Said, How good do you need I me said, to be? Just crank it up because I want them to see what you can do. And of course, his hands were so big. He. But he yeah. would just make them look silly, and then they, the girls are like, oh, okay. He can. And oh, he and he's just, just such a wonderful man. He's a good oh, person. And he's like, well, who man. works with your pitchers? He goes, you mind if I hang around after practice and work with your pitchers? I'm like, no, nah, Doc, whatever you need to do. And next thing you know, he's doing our summer league. And, you know, he hung with us for 10 or 12 years and trained all of our pitchers and just a very generous giving man. Anybody that couldn't afford to play or go out of town or whatever, Doc. Uh, I'll tell Doc you a quick Doc story. I played in probably 10 or 12 national national tournaments with Doc, and we're in California, and we're playing this team, and they're you know, they thinking they're really good, and they were really good, but you know, we were pretty good ourselves. And they look over, and they saw Doc warming up. So before the game, you flip to see who's home team. So they won the flip. And they looked over, and they said, we'll be visitors, because they <laughs> yeah. wanted to hit the extra time. Yeah. And Doc wore their butts out. Yeah. <laughs> so, and Johnny Grimes, All-American catcher at Tech, he's out there. His first time to play fast pitch. They go, go warm Doc up. And the first, no, Doc throws a couple of normal ones. Then he throws a rise ball, and it just about took the top of Grimes' <laughs> head off. He didn't lay any glove on it. Well, that's because his hands were so his fingers and his hands. He shook. If he ever shook his hands, just amazing. But you know, he had a brother that was a pitcher in Kansas, and they worked on the farm. But he. He would, uh, they would milk cows before they went to school, and they'd come back and uh, after school and go milk them. I said, "Well, that's what we need is we need to get a cow in our bull. Yeah, we can milk. So we can get our forearms. <laughs> You'd have been state of the art had a cow over there at the games. <laughs> but that was Doc. Doc's like, you got to have your hands and your forearms. Oh, he said he gosh. got it from milking cows, and it, he was he was pretty impressive with his. Well, he meant a lot to you. Uh, I know. Oh, I'm gosh. gonna have a little trivia for you guys. Here's the first trivia question: What's an entomologist? He studies bugs. Doc Rosenau was an entomologist. Yeah, but he was responsible in the grain world uh, and uh, in Africa and all across the world. Yeah. Of, uh, I mean, he some of his research and stuff at A and M. He was responsible for like million, being able to feed millions and millions and millions of people, and you'd never know it. He was one of those Aggies that you'd never know he's an Aggie because he doesn't go around bragging about it. He, he never bragged about the stuff he's done. He was a humble, just sweet, nice. Yeah, he man. was. Yeah. When did he pass away? Uh, be two thousand like. 10 or 11, right? 10, 10 or 11. Okay. Boy, he was, you lose a good one like that. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, I like this deal. We'll talk about this. I got that. That's nice. Did you put that together? No. Coach you, Meeks does you, that. That's he one did of his, good. Uh, Mike did good. We helped him do that in the office yesterday, trying to find all of our qualifiers. But Very that's, nice. That's the deal Coach Meeks done ever since he's been in the office down there. You've been listening to the Sports Talk with Thetford and Ashby podcast from Double T 97.3. Catch the show live Saturday mornings from 9 to noon on Double T 97.3 FM or on the Double T 97.3 mobile app.